we're, we're living in a, in a rural area. It's very, very quiet. Very, we're 35 miles out of the city. You don't hear anything here except the odd tractor going up and down and the birds, the dogs barking every now and again, and the cows making a bit of noise. That's about all you hear here. No city noise. Great freedom out here. Complete contrast to the prison. Many nights I lie awake I keep on thinking of same mistakes And I know I can't push aside what I've done wrong I've got to hold on to what's wrong Every song you'll hear in this documentary is sung by serving or ex-prisoners who've been taught music by Noel Shine in Cork Prison. Thank you. We're just through the main gate now into the prison and through the security, which is similar to an airport-type security. Everything is x-rayed and all mobile phones have to be left on this side of the gate. We just got through the prison then. Into the school should take like less than 10 minutes. This is the second gate, yeah. First one we came to the main, the main front door, like main gate. Then it's through the security, through the next gate. There, we're just passing by where the visiting box is now and some of the offices, and we'll be going into two, two of the wings of the prison to the school. And today we're going to meet, we're going to meet one of the lads. today who's um, in, in, in the last months of a fairly long sentence. So he's been learning the guitar and learning songs and writing songs. And today, what I'm going through with him today is we're trying to formalise a kind of a set list for him because he's interested when he goes outside to follow up on the music and maybe even kind of follow up on the studying of music. While we're waiting there, Noel, how long have you been teaching, teaching here? Uh, since 1981, <laughs> the end of 81. Yeah, I'm here a long time. 28 years this year now. And how did it, how did it start? It started just um, the guy that was doing it before me, a guy called Decky O'Connell, was uh, going on to something else, and he asked me would I be interested in doing it. And at the time, it was kind of put forward your name, and um, I just did, and, and I started off doing it. Here he comes now, our musician for the evening. Lads, hold on. Do I? It's his own guitar, which everybody wouldn't have in the, in the prison, you know. But because of his interest, has gone away and bought his own guitar and... 200 euro, yeah. It's cheap enough for that, a brand new, do you know? Nice guitar, like, do it for several years. For inside here, aren't you, till I get out and, do you know? If I want to start doing gigs outside then as well, well I'll, I'll get one with a pickup and that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, if when you go outside, yeah, you, you should get a nice good guitar with a good pickup and a little PA system and uh, you'll be on the road. So I was going to say to you, when did you first come across Noel? Um, would have been ten years ago when I I was one of the lads that played guitar, and he was good. He, he grew up around the guitar and that, you know. And he taught me that I should learn it, you know. He told me I should learn the guitar, and because he knew I could sing, sort of thing, you know. So I came over, I started coming over to Noel, and I started picking up bits and pieces, you know, small, easy. As I said, three chord songs, you know, starting off like and. It was giving me something to do then as well, whilst I was here, you know. 
and I go back to the cell and then two of us would play in the cell then because two of us play the guitar, you know, and I'd learn a lot off the lad I was in the cell with, you know, kind of way, like, and I picked it up from there, then I kept going over to all in every Monday evenings, Tuesday afternoons, Tuesday evenings, you know, when I get the chance, you know, and if I, like, I, I wasn't able to finger pick, I wasn't able to, you know, I was only, only able to strum up and down, straight up and down, you know, I wasn't able to do different rhythms or anything like that, like, and I kept going off the all and kept learning, kept learning, you know, and I, I got to do most of that eventually, you know. I, I grew up around my mother singing, you know, Tammy Wynette and Patsy Klein and, you know, country and western, like, my grandmother then, my, my, my grandfather sang, they all sang, uh, they sang ballads, but they were like, my grandmother was like more of an opera singer, but she sang ballads and opera voice, you know, because we moved in with them when, we were about, when I was about three. But every Christmas then, all my aunts and uncles would come over to the house and we'd have a sing-song inside in the front room. Do you know, all the, the adults be in the front room, the kids be out in the kitchen, but I'd be left sneaking in the front room and sing with all the adults, you know. After my, my grandfather died in 1998, and I moved up with my grandmother, and, you know, she used to come home in the pub in the evenings, you know, I'd collect her from the pub and bring her home or whatever, and we used to have an old sing-song, you know, I'd sing my favourite songs, and Crochet, the always one of the songs she would sing to my grandfather, more or less, you know. And I said I'd learn it, so I... I since I came in here, now I picked it and I now I sort of got it more or less. You know, yeah, it's a gentle song. You yeah. know, it's a very unusual song because uh, like nobody, I don't think anybody in Ireland has ever recorded that song. So you might be the first. You never know. But you should certainly use it as part. You know, of your. If, as I was saying to you that we should kind of get a gig list ready. You know, of songs that will suit each other and will fit together. But uh, maybe we'll, will we just go through the, the, it's the Cross of Gold, the Crochet de Oro. Crochet de Oro. And it's a lovely song. Do you just go through that first and see what happens? He'll be gone when the dawn breaks tomorrow. You'll be far, far, far away at sea Take my love, take this crochet Diora It will bring you home safely to me Some of the lads that I've dealt with like, can get completely taken over by the music, which while they're inside or afterwards, you know. And while I think while they're inside, it's it's a great, great help to them as well because um, it reduces their anger and, they, you know, they spend so much time focusing on what they're learning and what they're doing and trying to better themselves that um, a lot of the the anger has gone out of them, really, you know. And, and um, they're, they'd probably be the quietest guys in the prison, really. You wouldn't find them... In fights that much or anything my like that, you know. My darling, my darling. Do you see the star in the blue? For tonight I will give it a message, and the star will bring it to you. Better picked. Yeah, yeah that's, that's lovely. Yeah, that's that's the right way to do it. Yeah, and your your voice is good in it now as well. Can you play in your cell? Yeah, 
but the thing is, like that's the reason I come to the school because I can come over here and I can go to a room on my own and I can lash out any type of song I want. When I go back to my cell, whoever's in the cell with me, and you no, know, just two in the cell, I'm not too sure if they like me playing the guitar all the time or not. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't. You wouldn't be so, comfortable. So, I wouldn't be comfortable that, playing yeah. the guitar in the cell. Do you know what I mean? Unless if they're going to the recreation hall or something, I'd stay back and I'd sing it myself. You know, I'd play playing myself. You know, but other than that, I wouldn't play with someone else in the cell. Because if I wasn't playing the guitar, if I never played the guitar before, and I came into a cell and your mum was playing the guitar 24-7, my head would be melted. <laughs> do you know, I wouldn't like it at all, do you know? So I just, even if they wanted me to hear me play, I, I wouldn't, do you know? Let them come over to the school and hear me play, do you know? Or I'd stay back on my own and then I'd play away on myself, do you know? But I can come over to school in the evening and as well, and that's, I've bigger space and I can sing out to my heart's content, do you know? For some prisoners, being involved with music becomes part of the daily routine. It's like I'd wake up every morning, really, at about six o'clock. First unlock is at a half seven, you know, to take off the first lock, like that's master lock. And then at eight o'clock, then, you know, you're unlocked, you know, for your breakfast, like, you know. So you'd be about eight o'clock, like, so you'd be about five, ten minutes late to go, really, and just, like, all you're really going over is, like, the weed, the big, the cornflakes and milk, and just empty your, your chamber pot and just empty your bin, stuff like that. And you come back in, and then, like, you're in your cell, then, like, you eat your breakfast, and, like, you basically just watch television drink tea and till nine o'clock and then like you're unlocked at nine o'clock then you know for slap out like and you know you clean the clean the cell and stuff like that but for me anyway like you know like first thing like when i wake in the morning like, I, I i always play the guitar you know even when it is breakfast time like i'd be playing the guitar but uh, then at half nine then you know it's a uh, fallout like everyone has to go out to the yard and stuff you know and uh, you can go to the yard or you can go to the gym or you can go to the school you know like you can go to the choir, you can go anywhere really, like you know. And like I choose, I go to the choir and stuff like that. You know, I kind of try and get in there as much as possible with the music. So from about ten o'clock until twelve, like you know, you're you're out and about. Then from you know twelve o'clock, then you go brought back then to the main jail. Then you know, and it's dinner time. Then from say like uh, half twelve, like you know, you get the dinner. You know, all depending on what landing you're on. Like if you're on B one, like you get the landing, you get the dinner at half twelve, like. Then like you can either choose like when the doors banged out after dinner just to go for a snooze or something like that, or I be. You know, inclined to play the guitar or you know, write the music, like you know, you go out then again at two o'clock and it's kind of fall out as well. You know, you go out and you do your slap out, you do the same thing, like again, like you know, change everything, you know, do the beds and stuff like that and clean the cell. And then you know, you can go to school again, like you know, and like you can come over here, like to Noel, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon, like I always do, and I come over on a Monday night and a Tuesday night as well. Then like you go back again, like you know, to the gym, and the same thing again, like you know, four o'clock, like you're getting your tea there, and you know, you're 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 actually eating. And I played the guitar really, like you know, from four till half five every day anyway, like you know. At half five, then like at night time, you know, like on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday, like you can go to night classes in school. You can go to crafts. You can go to woodwork, art. You know, you can do mathematics, technical drawings. It, like it's seven o'clock falling, then like you know, like you get your water and stuff like that and your tea and you know you get everything. Make sure you've everything for night, like up to the surgery. You get your medication if you're on medication or even if you have a headache or anything like that. But then after that, then it's lock up until you know the next morning, like you know. A lot of people that I deal with would come in with a very negative attitude towards everything, towards life and towards, you know, authority. And What we try to do is we, we try to change their attitude towards things and, and bring them around in, in a kind of a positive kind of way, like by helping them with their songwriting or whatever whatever else we, we, we can come up with, really, you know, to kind of get them to express themselves a bit, you know, without, without the fear that they would have when they come into the prison, like. That's what I like to do as well. I like to get a guy to be at the stage where they can learn for themselves. You know, I, I like people to hear chords. I like people to hear melodies so that when they leave me, they can 
go away and put on a CD and they can listen to that CD and they can identify the notes and the things that are being done on the CD for themselves that they don't have to have a teacher for the rest of their lives because I think that's a waste of time really Just um, do a little bit of that finger picking that we were doing there before the Easter the, the claw hammer you know just, just, just see, I just want to see how you get on with that first before we go into the songs in the key of G yeah You like that style, don't you? Yeah, that style. It's actually a good style. Uh, you haven't written anything in that style yet, have you? No. You're just still kind of getting used to it. That's good, though. That's that sounds it's, good. It's, uh, it's 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 a nice it's a nice pick as well, you know. Because like you're you're fonder of the finger picking, really, aren't you, than anything else? Yes, yeah, fond of the picking. So the more. songs that you've written so far, anyway, this finger picking is more suitable, really, isn't it? And yeah. your finger picking has developed faster as well. Oh, it has, yeah. You're you're playing nine nine months, is it? Nine months, no, yeah. And you never played before I've before never, you came into prison. Never ever played a guitar, no. Never I, played a guitar. Never played, and I was never shown either how to play a guitar. I've never been shown to this day how to play a guitar. No, I just gradually just like that faster than you know. well the first thing I do I get a, get a guy to pick up the guitar make a sound out of it see how it looks and his lap see does it fit <laughs> is he very awkward looking or whatever then the first card is E minor <laughs> which is a two finger card you can play all the strings I've dealt with guys that can't play that card might have to spend 20 minutes but you normally find that those guys wouldn't be coming to you three weeks later they might come a couple of times and they say ah oh, this is too hard some of them then of course are, are very into the guitar and they, 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 they've progressed to you know becoming very very fine guitar players uh, usually within a few months guys are ready to write songs or to express themselves if I encourage them to what will you say when she takes me away what will you do it comes to like an idea, right? You know, it's, it's either like you can write something or not. Like some people are gifted and they can write things and all like like that. The kick of a finger. And I mean, like I wrote that song. Now I actually wrote that song and another two or three songs all in the one night. It was actually funny. You know, the way it all kind of you know balanced out for me, like. But, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, trying to put them together, like, lyrics-wise, then I can always kind of read that. I was where the hard parts at the beginning, you know, for me. So, like, I started coming over, like, you know, and we started, you know, working on little things, like, you know, and uh, courses and stuff. And, you know, uh, basically, you know, things came together, like, you know, and, it, it, like, it, like now, like, you know, if you kind of look back, like, and what I've done now is it, it is actually hard, like, you know. And, and to play a guitar is hard as well. Like, like for people out there, like, uh, like my advice, like, would be to anyone, like, is... Like a guitar, like is probably the best thing, like you know, you could turn to, like you know, rather than turn into a battle or anything like that, you know. Like a guitar, you know, it's the best thing like, to pick up in your hands, you know, and write some, write a song, like you know, about something like that, that's happened, like you know, take tension off of yourself, like that. So, like most people suffer from stress, like, and the best thing to do is write a song, like you know, get it out of your head, you know. Yeah, it does take a bit of uh, honing, I suppose. A song does, like, and it takes the construction of it is there it's and then a little bit of inspiration comes and, and it, it's a process that takes a while but uh, I mean the best songs can be written very fast as well yeah the best songs and can I be think yeah, you've, you, that's what you're saying there you, you wrote three songs in one night or something like that but then yeah. you, you still have to kind of 
look back over them then and edit them and yeah, you know, and you're getting good at that now. Yeah, you're learning that your that technique like of taking out words that are unnecessary and that kind of stuff. And so this, just tell us about this one. So uh, this uh, song was actually a song written by Snow Patrol. It's, it's it was a hard song for me to start singing at first, like you know. But I actually I took the song then and I said I actually started working on it then, like you know, for weeks and weeks and then like and I still like today to, to this day like I'm still working on this song like. Do you think do you think prison will change you for the better? I'm not a kind of a career person in that kind of line at all. I'm a I'm a quite kind of person I'll tell you, like you know. I keep myself to myself like I'm like. Well, like what I'm in for, like you know, is kind of it's a stupid mistake, like you know, they made, like you know. I, I mean, like I had the choice, like you know, I could have said yes and I could have said no, like. But I'm here, like because of a mistake, like and like I don't generally think I'm going to be coming back, like if if that's what you're kind of asking me, like because I won't be back, like you know, because like I have the music now, like you know, something I can turn to as well. But I've never really, like I don't drink outside, like I don't smoke. You know? Yeah, I remember when I, you give up smoking, give up smoking in here to help his voice. Yeah, just quit like that. So he's, he's, he's quite serious about his, what he's doing, really. Like, no, I just like uh, And you haven't gone back in him since. Nah, right? wouldn't touch him. Just, oh, can't stand him. Light up, light up, as if you have a choice. Even if you cannot hear my voice, I'll be right beside you, dear. Made by one of my former students. It's a six-string bazooki, and uh, he made this. He asked me. He was doing a long sentence, and uh, he said one day that he was thinking of doing something kind of that would occupy his mind for a few years. So he was learning music at the time, but he had he'd, he'd played music 20 years prior to that, before he was involved in the crime that had sentenced him to Cork Prison. And uh, he came to me one day and he said, what can I do that's going to keep me occupied for the next few years? So we sat down and discussed it anyway, and we decided we'd make a CD that he'd uh, learn some Irish music. He was uh, born in Wales. He decided as well he was going to make some instruments. So he was now 48, I think he was, when he was sentenced. So he decided, anyway, he asked me, he said, I'd like to make you an instrument. So he was a very generous kind of a man now, he was a very nice man. He'd made one mistake, really, I think, in his life, and he ended up doing quite a long sentence, like he was sentenced to nine years. But uh, he'd never been in, in prison before, or probably won't ever again be. So anyway, I told him that I would always had wanted one of these bazookis, the six-string Greek bazookis, and uh, it's the style that um, is played by Alec Fenn from the Dedanon. We researched it for the best part of a year. He came up to me one day with a drawing of a bazooki, and I said, uh, where did you get that from? And he said, oh, I, he said I was watching, he had a little seven-inch black-and-white television in the cell. And uh, Donald Lunny had been on the night before on a music programme, so he sat in front of the little television, the seven-inch black-and-white screen, and drew 
the outline of the bazooki from it while Donald was playing. And um, this was the first instrument he ever made, which is a beautiful instrument, it's a lovely instrument, which I've used. terms of the people that you teach some of them have obviously done really bad things yeah hurt people or, or violent mm. things um and that there are victims for the most part in, in all crime mm. does that influence you or how, how do you feel when you come across people do, do you know what they've done or uh, not always no i wouldn't know what to do i might have a vague idea what what they've done a lot of the time, but I suppose it's it's not really my position to to kind of judge them. They've been judged, and they've been sent to prison for varying degrees, varying amount varying amount of time, and um, like they're not all bad guys. Like there are some guys that are, that, that are you know kind of bad bad. All right. But uh, they're not all like that at all by any means. You know, some guys are there for the first time. And they've made one mistake. You have to help them out a bit and they kind of break the cycle and they're kind of on the, on the, the mend from once they get out. So there are other guys who are in and out, in and out all the time. And you can't really do, you know, you can't do a huge amount with those kind of guys. There are guys who are in for horrific crimes. There are guys who are in for far lesser crimes. They're all, we, we, we kind of have to give each person a chance to do so. I mean, there's always a chance that they're going to turn around and make a change, you know. Does it make it difficult if it's, if somebody has committed a, a very serious crime to teach them? Um, not so much, no, no. Not so much, really. You'd be aware of it, you know. In his 28 years teaching at Cork Prison, hundreds of prisoners have passed through Noel Shine's classroom. For some, it helps them when they move on. One such prisoner, recently released, is Ian. I suppose from the beginning, it's like it's like everything else, like riding a bike. Like you know, you just have to keep trying until you until you strike it. Like um, when I was inside, I was sharing a, a cell with a fellow who I'd driven demented. Really, you know, from I suppose uh, you know every opportunity I had, I'd get the air out and things like that, and. Um, I was taught a technique then, you know, that you don't have to be, I suppose, making a sound from the guitar. You can just have your fingers on the strings and, you know, just be changing cards and things like that without striking it. You know, if, if my man inside is trying to, I suppose, watch the telly, I don't have to be making sounds. Eh? Well, Ian, like his interest was what carried him, really. You know, he, he was very dedicated at the start. But from the very early stage, he sounded good. Every opportunity that he had, he came up to me and played. And he played a lot while he was in his cell. It was obvious because he's, he was coming on in leaps and bounds. His song, he wrote a couple of songs while he was with me and uh, was, I think, very expressive of his situation, which is always a good thing to be able to write down your feelings on a page and put it into some form of poetry or song. How does it make you When you feel so
I suppose the, the, the very first song I would have written, um, I like I said, I was I was back in the cell and I just came over one day to Noel and I says, I, he says, you should try songwriting, like, and I said, I've I've something started, all right, like, and we'll bring it over. He says tomorrow night. He said, and I went back to the cell that night and you know I put everything together and see what way it works. So myself and Noel, then Noel helped me out with the cards and said, yeah, this would fit and that would fit. Every time you feel you're lost, you bounce right back at all costs. My total sentence was three years and three months. Um, I served 20 months and I got nine, nine and a half months TR, as they call it, which is temporary release. It was to, to feed my addiction, like, but it was a lot of it was revolved around fraud, you know, and embezzlement. And um, um, I suppose, you know, it was a lot of forgeries and things like that. It was a way to get money to gamble. You know, I would have done anything, like, to, I suppose, to feed my addiction, like. And, you know, it was the only way I knew how. It was the easier option. I took the easy option all the time, like, you know, and, and that was true embezzlement and forgery. All over the country, the guards were looking for me, and I knew that. But being a compulsive gambler, you're five steps ahead, you know, and that's the way I, that's the way I operated. I, I knew, like, when I was doing it, that I was going to be caught, and I knew that I was going to be facing a prison sentence, you know. But the power was too strong. I, the compulsion was too strong. I was sick of being sick, you know. I was I, I I was really sick of being sick. Like, I was just sick of the the cunning, and the deceit, and the lying, and you know, my kids, you know, um, the way I felt like you know, like people would say, how could you do that? And like, they're your kids. Like you should love your kids, you know, and you should love your wife, and you should honor your wife, like you know. But the bottom line is. When you have an addiction, the only person that can make you stop is yourself. And, um, you know, I handed myself in. I had enough, like, I had enough of it. I, I could have kept going. Um, and I handed myself up, I suppose, 300 miles from home, like. The guards were looking at me stupid, like, you know, as in, like, nobody ever hands himself up, kind of thing. And I just said to him, like, if you don't take me now, I'm going to go, like. And that particular day, I just had enough, you know. I had enough. I knew, like, I knew that day that something inside me said, you're going to prison, you'll get through it, and when you come out, you'll do the right thing. And I, to be truthful, when I was inside, like, you know, I didn't tell any people, I didn't tell anyone that, like. I didn't tell them I handed myself in, because they need to be looking at you stupid. I wasn't perfect. I've done a lot of stupid things I'm still no angel I wasn't looking for forgiveness I wasn't laid out by my pride Shocked by her attention And someone signed me up for love. I just take things now on a daily basis and I take them as they happen. I don't try and figure out, like yourself there, what's he going to ask me next? 
because that's the way I operated when I was in addiction. I always had to have the answer before the question was asked, and that's the way I operated. But today I don't. I, 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 no, it's all about honesty. I just, I, I just had to get real and I had to get honest, and that's what I'm doing. And I suppose a lot of the, the, the decisions I made in prison, like, was no matter what happens, like, you know, don't give up, you know. And and I've, I've kept that kind of mantra, you know, since I went in and since I've come out, and um, <clears throat> so far. Things have been working, like you know. For me now today, it's all about doing the next right thing, and that's what I try and do. Like only a woman can. Like only a woman can. A few years ago, uh, I was on the way through Waterford to Dublin uh, to do a gig. We were driving along in the car anyway and we were coming into Gorey, County Wexford and it was evening time, getting dark and it was starting to rain and on the side of the road I saw this man with a young child who was his own daughter and um, they were hitching so I stopped to pick them up anyway. He sat into the car and he said, I know you, he said, you taught me the guitar. God, I, I, I kind of recognised him, it had been 10 years previously that I, I had been teaching him in Cork Prison. I asked him anyway, was he still playing? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I never stopped. I, I'm still playing. He said, I'm in a, in a band. I'm in a group and we're playing and we're playing all the time and we're playing tomorrow night. And so I, I, I thought it was great, you know, to see the effect of, of what we're doing up there, I suppose, you know, really in a positive kind of a light. He'd, been, he'd played ever, ever since he'd got out of there. He'd never been back in. And uh, he was in a, in a good frame of mind, which was... Uh, what we're all about, really, I suppose, what we're trying to do up there, really, you know. But do you ever get people who say that prison should be just that, a place of punishment and not a place where you can course, develop your yeah. creative skills and your realise your potential as a musician or a singer? Yeah, lots of people think like that, you know. But, um, I mean, I think what I try to do with the lads is I, I try to develop their, their, um, their songwriting abilities and, like, I think that helps them to develop uh, in a positive way. I mean, it, it, it's all very well to say, you know, lock them up and throw away the key and leave them there for 10 years, but they're not going to come out any better at that stage. Like, they're going to come out worse than when they went in. So it's not, it's not going to serve anybody any good, really, to, to keep people locked up without encouraging them in some form or other. So, I'm just wondering what what attracts you to to writing because most people don't write anything ever other than you know um, filling in forms and that something thing. to do with your hands I suppose do you know when you're sitting sitting here I know do you know I stop you from smoking as well do you know I do well I I um, like my mother my mother my mother was good at writing as well she wrote poems then as well about me about my life coming in and out of here do you know and about no, the same and vo- I'd say I got it from my mother, you know, writing poems like that, like because she wrote a poem about me. You now the last time, and like the poem she wrote about me, you now would make me reflect on my life, you know. She just just trying to get it across to me, you know, how the way like, and I, I reckon I got it from yeah. I, I don't know. I, I was just bored one night. I, I reckon and I just line came into my head and walking round a lonely man with troubles on my mind, wasting time on. 
I was in the prison in Dublin and there was um, there was a lot of drugs around to be honest, you know, and people around me were taking drugs, you know what I mean? And I started to get involved in it, you know what I mean? And getting high, feeling low. I was writing music, I was still singing and being away from family and that and I, I decided when I that's when I wrote the song and I decided to put the transfer back on the car. much of your past life outside in that song one of the verses would be like like the last one obviously you know I've gone and hurt the people the ones I love the most you know all through my life more or less you know kind of way like and I hope my prayers will reach the Father Son and Holy Ghost I always pray you know I always go to church and things like that you know I'd always pray for my family I just said I'd write that in as well you know just uh, let them know that I'm always thinking of them you know kind of way like I let him down as well, obviously, do you know? One of my downfalls sort of thing, do you know? I've gone and hurt those people are the ones I love the most. I hope my prayers will reach the Father, Son and Holy Ghost. But it's not easy taking time. It's not easy, don't you know? It's not easy feeling fine. Noel, do you believe in, in the redemptive power of music in, in a place like this? Oh, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, not for everybody in here or anything like that, but for the, for the odd person, yeah, for occasionally it has, has happened, yeah, definitely. Like songwriting, and it, it it improves them in in a lot of ways. Like it improves their 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 communication skills, and what I try to do as well as I am, I get them to perform. Like even if it's only in front of two or three other prisoners or whatever, and then at at the end of the year in in Christmas time we usually have a concert. So it would be there. A lot of the lads would be their very first time going up in front of a crowd and performing. Of course, like, but uh, I th- I think all these things are beneficial to them, really. You know. They're, they're, they start to get involved in, in something productive rather than something negative, which is what they would have been involved in all their lives, really. And I've always gone through it with them how difficult it is for anybody to, to kind of make a living from songwriting. It is, it is a difficult trade, like. And uh, But a lot of the lads that I've dealt with, I've, I mean, I've come across a lot of fellas on the outside busking, fellas like the guy I was talking about from Wexford who's playing in a group he's very happy doing his music fellas who just play at home fellas who I've met fellas 10 years later and they say oh yeah I'm still playing and I I really enjoy it and they might be working at something else or whatever but they'd still have the music and like a lot of the time it can keep them away from the the routine of their, their drugs and drink and the peer pressure and all that kind of thing and sometimes it can trigger trigger an, a change in their attitude towards life really in general you know I suppose I, I when I was inside I, I you know I have a wife thank God that stood by me and I have two kids like and um, 
I suppose I found, you know, music as, as a way of being able to express, I suppose, your feelings and things like that, you know. And um, they say, like, you know, by writing things down is a great way, you know, to, I suppose, deal with stuff that's going on in your mind, like. And I use music, you know, to do that as well, like. Being, I suppose, locked up 18 hours of the day, you know, what better way, you know, to, I suppose, get through a day than, you know, playing the guitar. This, I'll tell you, the, the, the best thing about music for me is that I, I always wanted to play guitar, you know, and sing like when I was younger, you know, so... I was thinking the other day of John Spillane's song. The, John worked in the prison as well, coincidentally, and, and worked in Spike Island. And uh, he has a song called Magic Nights in the Lobby Bar, which kind of speaks about the way music can transport you. And like it's he's the song is about um, listening to three different musicians in the lobby bar, Brendan Ring being a piper and Ger Wolf and Ricky Lynch. And uh, it goes on to say that the, the music would send me away, send me away, away to the window, away through the rain, away across the city, away in the air to a field by a river where the trees are so green, the deepest of green that you've ever seen where once you've been, you can go back again. You can go any time, you can go any time, because it's only in your mind. And, like, those that those those lines just kind of describe what the benefits of music are to me, really, you know. And if you're sitting in a cell, and you, you can listen to a piece of music, and it can bring you to that place, well, it's meditation or whatever, you know. It's the same as meditation, and it's relaxation. And uh, I think it it can only be beneficial. Does music have the power to change people, do you think? Oh, in every way, yeah. In every way. I reckon so anyway. Because, like, people say that, like, like that you have, you have, everyone has a talent, you know. And I never realised my talent until I came in here, you know. And that's what makes me change. That's what will make me change when I get out, like. That you know, I have a future. I, I have a future in music. You know that I have something to look forward to. That I can that I can work on. That will give me a hobby when I get out, rather than do the things I used to be doing years ago. You know, and I spoke about that numerous times to my partner or whatever. You know, and my, even my my daughter. You know, she was born just after I came in. She's she's singing now and she's doing all the entertaining outside that I used to do when I was small. You know, so that's giving me hope as well. You know, it's just for the future, you know. And responsibilities then as well come come with that, you know. So it does change, yeah. I reckon it will anyway. Yeah. I have every hope. Well, I suppose it, it fills in a big space anyway, you know. Mm. Like, the amount of work that, that you have to put in to, to get to the standard that you're at now, that has taken a, a lot of work, and it, it would take you over, def- definitely. Like, I mean, you, you couldn't just leave that aside and... and forget about it ever again, you know. And it, it will it will fill in a lot of the empty spaces when you go outside, you know, where you're yeah. wondering what to do for the afternoon or tonight or whatever. Like I, I still keep writing, whether it be two lines, three lines, four lines, a whole page, you know. I'll still have it written down, you know, and as I said in the future, then I can go down to the garden shed and I'll have my iMac computer in the garden shed or whatever with my, you know my proper microphone and things like that and I, I can record on my own and add in me little drum beat and me little, you know, and, and I'd be able to work on them, you know. I'm not saying I'm going to be a star or anything, like, you know, but as I said, like, give me gigs and pay a mortgage at the end of the day, sort of thing, you know. 
This is a soft enough song, is it? Yeah, it is. <coughs> it's a nice so song, song, yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're nice and balanced on this mic, actually. I've been sitting here so long For you to hear my song But all you want to know Have I been on the radio? And who's the biggest star I've seen? What is my favourite scene? And if I got the job would I sing on Mars? Yes, sir, I would sing on Mars. I'd play upon a star. I'd sing songs of the sun. And when my job is done, I would say I love you so. I'd like to play one more. Just for all young lovers For the road And tell me, sir Yeah, just how far I need to go To be a star I have known my highs and lows I've worked in every show i played in every town And brought some houses down Yet critics never notice me I'm not a star you see And yet I give my heart To every part I would stand for hours and hours I'd wade through sun and showers With my dancing shoes And my dreams and views I'd walk upon an empty stage With one light in my face To be told don't phone us Oh, we'll phone you Tell me, sir Yeah, just how far I need to go To be a star Every day the same old scenes The same old happenings A hundred miles of shows And yet no place to go Luck has all run out For us to take a bow You just stole the show 